0: Welcome to CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On
1: today's episode of CamdenCast, we will be discussing Season 7, Episode 13 of 7th Heaven. The title is, It's Not Always About You. Or in Germany, the title is, Discussions. The IMDb user synopsis is, Annie attends on the counseling sessions with Eric. Lucy and Kevin have different views on the judicial system and it becomes apparent when Lucy tries to avoid jury duty. So, what was your first impression of this episode?
0: Um this has been I'm I don't think I've liked any other episode as much as I like this one in season 7. This was a really good episode because it put a lot of people in their place and I really like that. It's there was a the theme was obviously, it's not always about you, and it was mostly directed at
1: Lucy, Lucy,
0: Simon, and Annie. And I thought that we finally got some closure, or at least some sort of breakthrough when it came to the Annie-Rev dynamic that's been going on lately. Um, we got some um, something different out of Lucy this time around, where I, I feel like in the last episode I said she never gets her comeuppance, but I feel like she got her come- comeuppance this time. Um, I also thought that they, I was happy with the amount of time they delegated to Roxy and Chandler. It was very little, so I was happy with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think generally speaking, it was a very good episode, which you'll see in my rating. <laughs> um, yeah. Stick to the end of the episode to see what that no is. No one really cares
1: about what my impression is, but, um, <laughs> I did not. I do. <laughs> I, did, I did not love it. Anyway. I care. Moving on, I appreciate...
0: <laughs> uh, <that. laughs> we'll start with a cold open. Um, the Rev is still seeing Doctor Gibson. That is the name of the therapist, the
1: unprofessional therapist.
0: And um, Annie's kind of harping on again about like, when are you gonna get back to work? When are things gonna get back into back to normal in the house? When am I gonna get my husband back? And this is kind of rubbing. And
1: this has been like the conversation, but I haven't really noticed the Rev acting all that differently from the way he normally does other than the fact that he's not going to work so he's not going to counseling sessions he's not writing sermons but other than that he doesn't really seem any different other than the fact that he's just hanging around at home a lot more uh
0: we also get uh, a couple of story the other storylines all in the cold open we find out that Simon um is has been on the phone with Cecilia and something is happening there And we find out that Lucy has been summoned for jury duty. Uh, And that is, I believe that's it for the cold open.
1: Yeah, so we're going to start with the most brief storyline, Roxy and Chandler. Um, So this kind of opens with um, a conversation between Roxy and Kevin at the police station where um, Roxy basically wants to know... um, what Lucy and Kevin's, like, sex life, or lack thereof, is like, because she's wondering what ministers believe about, like, sex, or premarital sex, um, because she's wondering about, basically, when her, like, relationship with Chandler might take a turn for, like, to be more intimate, so, um, Kevin is like, that's none of your business, and also, it, like, ministers are people, too, and they're all different. So I think you need to talk to Chandler about this if you want to know what his opinions on, like, premarital sex are. So she doesn't exactly set off to do that. Um,
0: we don't really see what happens with Chandler and Roxy, but we, what we do see is that the next day um, they're kissing in front of the police station and...
1: I gathered that it's... Well, we gather that it's early in the morning because um, Kevin says something to Roxy, like, oh, I guess you got your answer about what he believes about, like, premarital sex, and Roxy is like, oh, like, who's being nosy now, because he just picked me up for breakfast, and we went out to breakfast, and he wanted to drive me to work, so, like, the implication that Kevin was making was, of course, that she stayed over at Chandler's place the night before, but that was not the case.
0: Uh, and Roxy has a realization that this is kind of not like any other relationship she's ever had, that there's more to relationships than just sex, that, um, he's a different guy, he's a kind guy, Chandler is, and so, um, he, like, he's very thoughtful. And so we see that for her, who, I feel like in most of most of the season, she's been looking for a guy and looking... Well, she's been pretty thirsty. <sighs> but she's, she's kind of settling that down a bit. Um... This all kind of takes a turn uh, while Roxy and Kevin are out on patrol. I would like to say that this is the first time that they're out on patrol... Actually working? Actually working, right. We usually see them at their desk, but they're chatting. Or at the
1: Camden House, yeah. or like just anywhere other than working.
0: The only time we've seen them on patrol, the other time, is like on car patrol. So, or
1: we've seen them at, like walking the promenade.
0: But like actually seeing them interact with
1: like, a situation yeah. that they needed to remedy. So this would there was a, a homeless person that they had received, like, a call, a report about. Um, and as they are approaching this person, they are talking about... Lucy. Lucy, and I don't know. He said that, like, Kevin is basically like, I need to reevaluate my relationship with Lucy because she wants to get out of jury duty. So my note says Kevin doesn't want to have sex with Lucy because she wants to get out of jury duty. <laughs> um... And while they're having this conversation, the, as they approach get closer to the homeless man, he stabs Roxy in the wrist with like some sort of sharp instrument.
0: Um, and uh, Kevin is called to action, uh, pulls out his gun, tells him to drop his weapon, and puts, very dramatically puts his handcuffs on the man and calls about an officer being down, meaning Roxy. Um, his Miranda rights were not read. So, but it's
1: okay because nothing happened, happened to violate them. Yeah.
0: So um, we we, we touch back with them at the hospital. Uh, apparently, Roxy does not just have a flesh mo- wound; she lost a lot of blood and is being asked to stay at the hospital overnight. And this is when Chandler comes through because his beloved love is hurt, and he's willing to stay in the hospital with her. So she's willing to stay in the hospital because he can spend that they can spend the night. I don't know, visiting hours? Don't they exist? Um, and this is... Later on we learn that Chandler has decided that he would like to someday marry Roxy. And so they would like to, he would like to continue the relationship beca- in heading into that direction. After
1: two whole dates. Yes. Uh, or I guess more than two whole dates, but. Three whole dates. Yes. Because this is how seventh heaven works. People get married on the first date or the third.
0: <laughs> and, um, Roxy obviously can't believe her ears and she's very happy and it's a thing. I, I don't like these characters separately, but I don't mind them together. They're, they have a, like they have a pretty normal relationship so far. I mean, minus as the as far as seventh heaven yeah, goes. minus the fact that they're like you know, thinking about getting married after the third date. But I mean, in that we don't like uh, the other relationships on the show are very unhealthy, like mm-hmm. especially Kevin and Lucy. So this one's a lot better. Uh I think that's it for that storyline. So we'll move on to Simon.
1: Um so Simon and Cecilia are back together with the blessing of Cecilia's father. or are they? (laughs) So we think. um, She seems to be avoiding Simon. So we get this one weird, the first scene we really get with Simon is he's at work mopping the floor of the high school and he's alone. And then like a teacher comes by and like walks like really slowly. And I thought that was going to come back and be like, a plot point or something. Like, what was that teacher doing in the school after dark? But it's but not. <laughs> it's not, and it's just a weird um, scene.
0: That's basically... Uh, that's actually the second scene Simon shows up in. The first mm. one is he, like... Cecilia's clearly avoiding him, and Simon is like, oh, I'll see you at work later. And she's like, yeah, I guess. But Cecilia never shows up to work, which is what... The, Why he's alone. Oh, and yeah. Um, and then he he has a conversation with Kevin, and he's like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, because she's acting differently, and Kevin's like, well, w-, like, and Simon's convinced that it's George, like, her father's fault, and Kevin's like, are you sure it's not maybe something you did, or maybe something you said, and he, he's like, oh, maybe that's it, and we get Oh, uh, is it yeah, we get Simon and Cecilia talking again once Cecilia's on janitor duty. This and is a nice outfit that Ashley Simpson is in <laughs> it's very it's like overalls
1: with like a a long like a very long oversized janitor's shirt and a bandana like matching blue bandana in her hair um and we find out that Cecilia and her dad have not really been getting along, and she basically just doesn't want to talk about it, and that's all we really get from her. In the scene...
0: Well, we kind of get an idea about where Cecilia's head's at, because Simon is convinced that it has to do with George, and then when he finds out it isn't, he's like, well, it's not a... Like, well, uh, he's being very selfish. He's only thinking about himself, and he's clearly th- making decisions for them together on his own instead of really including Cecilia in it. Um, and this kind of all come, becomes clear to him when uh, Simon confronts Cecilia's father... And he's like, look, I know my daughter, and what you've been doing is you've been ignoring her feelings. And this is one of those instances where you go, it's not about you, Simon, it's not about me, it's about Cecilia. And this is when Simon realizes that
1: he's been ignoring Cecilia's feelings and all, and basically in the past, like, five episodes, in well, like, three episodes um so
0: we also get they touch on the fact that they wanted to have sex and apparently we're now led to believe that simon still wants to have sex and cecilia does not and that she feels
1: pressured by simon or she does she's not 100 percent sure she still wants to be with simon because she thinks that the expectation to have sex with him is still going to be there
0: i don't think that the show did a good enough job establishing this though I feel like they told us they both wanted to have sex, and then Cecilia was gone. Yeah. So... I feel like if they, like, had maybe given us, like, one scene or even, like, a turn of the camera where we see her face and she looks kind of unsure, like, that yeah. would have been enough. Yeah. Um. And the last conversation that we have between Cece and Simon – oops, Cece, sorry. Wait, you know what? I'm going to call her Cece. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs>
1: is is – well, I have my note here written. Cecilia can see other people, but Simon can't. Yeah,
0: that's basically it.
1: They decide that they're going to be together, but Cecilia is like, I can't be exclusive with you. But also, I don't want you seeing anyone else. So Simon's like, yeah, sure, that's great. And then as soon as she leaves, he's like, wait, what did I just agree to?
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll, so Cecilia and Simon are back on. CC and Sci Sai. <laughs> I'm not going to call him cy Sai, but I will call <laughs> her Cece. You should. CC and Cy. Maybe Sai. <laughs> um, Simone. I I don't know. What do you think about this relationship?
1: It's all right. It's not the worst one we've seen on the show. That's true. I mean, it's pretty functional.
0: But it kind of felt like she, like, he apologized and she's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It was very, like... It
1: seems like she was playing some games.
0: But, yeah, so we'll see how it works out for Simon not being able to see anyone else while he watches the girl he loves. See everyone else. Yeah. Um, Should we do kevin and lucy next uh sure so as we
1: mentioned lucy starts the episode by getting a summons for jury duty and she is just so indignant because she's a student and don't they know that and she has things to do and she can't serve on a jury because it's stupid and everyone else should do it and she shouldn't have to um i
0: would just like to remind everyone that we have yet to see lucy in any class Studying for anything or doing anything related to... Them. I think the only thing... She had seen, one
1: project at yeah. one
0: time to write her, like, memoirs. And that's it. Um I would love to... I would honestly really like to see her in a class situation and in, in college. We've only really seen her in a high school situation, but that's even, like... That was all drama and social and boys and, like, having to roll with friends. But we've never seen her in a classroom. We've seen Matt in a classroom. We've seen Mary in a classroom. I would love to see. We've seen Ruthie in a classroom. Yeah, I leading wanna, the revolution. Yeah, um, I would just love to see how Lucy is in a class in a subject that she's supposed to be passionate about. Um, she was in
1: class that one time when she was like falling asleep or stuff because of Jimmy Moon. We saw her in a class and she was like cheat, falling asleep or cheating or she didn't finish. Do you remember that? It was no, when I she don't. was. It was when she was like thirteen. I don't remember that. It at was all. many many seasons ago. We saw her in a classroom. Um... And something with a a history report. Yes, remember? She had to write about Animal Farm or something. I don't remember this.
0: You're like, honestly, I feel like you're just making this up. No, it wasn't
1: Animal Farm, though. It was a different book. Was it The Scarlet Letter? Oh, no, no,
0: no. no, no, That was was Mary. Mary had to do The Scarlet Letter because remember? No,
1: no, but no, 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 no. No, Lucy stole the book report that... Mary had written on the scarlet oh, letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay, I finally got there. It <laughs> took me a while. I was like Animal okay, that Farm. Makes sense.
0: <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> that was pre-Mary Bad Girl era, so I've like written it out of history just yeah. like Seventh Heaven has. Um anyway,
1: so Lucy's like I have to go to the courthouse to get excused from jury duty, which is not how you get excused from jury duty because I was summoned for jury duty many times in college, and all you had to do was send in a thing like with your like I don't know tuition statement or whatever that just showed you were a full time student. Then that it wouldn't be possible.
0: At the courthouse, we meet um, the uh, one of the civic servants who is played by Jackie Harry, who everybody knows as Lisa Landry from Sister Sister. She's also more recently been in Baby Daddy and Girl Meets World, and she was she started in Everybody Hates Chris and Two Two Seven in the past. There's she's everywhere. Uh, and she plays She's great in this
1: So she plays like The jury pool person The jury roundup The ju- jury I don't know <laughs> Wrangler <the> Wrangler <laughs> um, And Lucy is complaining to her Over and over again About how she's a student this, There should be a special Exception made for her Because she is I don't she know has She mid-term, has midterms.
0: She has classes She has
1: But then we see that The jury wrangler Is like How many people here are students And it's like half the room So, Lucy isn't getting any special treatment, and she's just, you know, complaining about how she has to be there, she sits down, and she waits all day until we see her come back. At the end of the day, all of the jury, all of the jurors have been released, and she has gone, she went to the bathroom right before they were released, and we find out that she has to come back for a second day of sitting around and waiting to be called.
0: So her request to be, her jury duty be waived has been denied. Um, So she comes home after having to, like, get her notes from a fellow student and telling all the professors that she has jury duty uh, to Kevin, where they have a conversation on the porch. Uh, This is when Lucy, like, explains about her day and she expects sympathy from Kevin, but Kevin's basically like, well, you know this is the justice system, and you have to do your part in the justice system. And And
1: it's your civic duty, and the judicial system is a car, and think of, like, all of the rotors, and you're just... Cylinders. The cylinders, whatever. (laughs) And they, I don't know, when when one of them doesn't work, the car still runs, but not as effectively, so you're being a crappy cylinder in the car of the judicial system... (laughs) Because you don't want to serve. And think of, like, if everybody felt the same way as you, the system wouldn't work.
0: Um, And so Lucy's like, you're making me feel like the grease state on the judicial system's hallways or something. And uh, Kevin's just like, no, I'm just letting you know that, like, this is, like, everybody needs to play their part. And he's kind of, like, clearly upset because Lucy's, like, it's not going... Like Lucy's not getting what's the issue here. Like Lucy w- is talking about herself, and Kevin's talking about the judicial system. So he kind of walks away from her, which is a theme many times. To- like takes place many times in this episode. So the next day, Lucy goes back, and
1: she is absolutely the worst because she thinks that she is the first person to ever be inconvenienced by jury duty, and she keeps making it known to the jury wrangler, whose name is Miss Bean in the episode, I believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, it so is. that's the character's name. Yeah, um, so, finally, Miss Bean is, like, um, I forget what hap- What exactly she well, says. She, she really serves it up good, though.
0: Well, that's at the, near the end, yeah. closer to the end. But this one, she's, like, uh, well, Lucy's, like, what about, my, boyf- my boyfriend is a cop, or something. It's, like, yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: I'm gonna be, like, too prejudiced to be, to sit on a jury.
0: And then, um, Miss Bean is, like, well, actually, sometimes prosecutors like that. Like, it is up to the judge, it's not up to me, so, like bring it to the judge, bite the bullet, like, do what you need to do, um, we next see Lucy, because she has been told, like, Kevin's probably left her a message somewhere, letting her, because nobody has a cell phone, other than Kevin, in the captains, letting her know that Roxy's been stabbed, so Lucy shows up at the hospital, and Lucy's like, what happened, is she okay, And Kevin, like, doesn't really want to be around her, but obviously he's going to let her know what's going on with Roxy. So he starts telling the story about how he was distracted because he was talking about Lucy. And immediately Lucy's like, do you think it's my fault Roxy got stabbed? And this is when the best scene in all of Seventh Heaven history happens. Because Kevin goes, this is, not everything is about you, Lucy. And I'm like, justice. Finally, someone said it to her. I feel, Um, actually, I think this scene is something that you might have Snapchat. Chatted to me way back when. Way
1: back when.
0: When when the, this whole thing the grand, began. The grand
1: old summer of 2016. <laughs> when
0: this whole thing began. Um, so once again, um, we have another conversation between Kevin and Lucy when they meet up at home, where Kevin basically says, "I want to leave right now and not talk to you because there's some things about you that I don't like, and I'm afraid if I say something, it'll ruin our relationship."
1: For this, I just wrote down why is Kevin so butthurt hurt over Lucy not wanting to do jury duty because like he, yeah, he's a cop and he's like, Oh, the whole, you know, um, he's a part of the judicial system or whatever, but whatever, it's a fairly common (laughs) thing that people don't want to be put on juries and it's annoying and it's inconvenient and he should just get over it.
0: Um, I think his, like his argument is that it's a big part of his life and how can he marry someone that doesn't understand, that no. it's a big part of his life. I mean, I, I don't want
1: to offend anyone who is a police officer that values jury duty. Um,
0: I also think it's because this episode decided to make uh, have a plot line on something that like realistically doesn't happen. Like usually, like you said, if you have if you're a student, you send in your tuition bill and they postpone it or they excuse you or whatever. So I think that's what makes this dif- more difficult to believe. Yeah. Um. So at the next the next day, this is when you're. Yes, the
1: line. Um, so, Lucy is finally called for voir dire and she goes, and... Um, as she's, the, walking as she's walking out. As she's walking out, Miss Bean is like, oh, like, I feel bad for all... Of, like, I don't know. Well, no, she says... She's like, oh, yeah, what exactly does she, she say? She said, I
0: hope the jury doesn't get sequestered, and you end up, like, having to be a jury for months. And Lucy's like, I can't do that. I can't be, like, locked up there for months, and then... Uh, Miss Bean goes, yeah, I feel I feel sorry for, for all, all the people
1: of- who would be stuck with you, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, good on Miss Bean. Lucy so-
0: got, like, Lucy got served a bunch of times this episode, actually. So anyway, she
1: goes, they all go into the courtroom, and the judge walks in, and the first question that she poses to everyone, um, as is the, like... As in real life jury duty, she asks if anyone knows the defendant. And the defendant stands up, and it is no one other than Jimmy Moon.
0: The return of Jimmy Moon! And it literally only lasts... (laughs) He
1: has fallen from grace.
0: Three seconds. So, I want to say this, and uh, this is uh, something that was brought up in a bunch of the reviews that I read and episode discussions that I read online, which was they brought back Jimmy Moon, which is great, but they didn't give him any lines, and then we also didn't learn what his, like... What he's being charged with. Yeah, like, what... And he also looks... Different. Yes! <laughs> I'm sure you'll see this in our social media, which we'll let you know about later. Uh, but he, he literally is there for three seconds. He cocks his head. He and just that's turns it.
1: around, and then Lucy's like, that's my high school boyfriend. So, of course she is stricken from the jury and um she goes back and now after her conversations with Kevin she is revitalized and she really really wants to serve on a jury now and she's upset that she missed her opportunity because she knew the defendant so but miss bean is like you just got to wait until they call you again you technically you served just by showing up and being stricken
0: so she had her civic awakening uh, her whole thing, basically, is I just realize that the people... The defendants are always somebody's, like, relative or friend. Or, or ex-boyfriend. Or something. And, like, you would want them to be treated well. So I want to do that for somebody else's family member. And uh, this ends with... Well, Lucy basically apologizes to Kevin. Kevin apologizes to Lucy. And Lucy's like, I know that I'm a little hard to handle. Like, I... Um, I'm, like, you know, a lot of trouble and stuff, and I, I'm i really self-absorbed sometimes, and I'm gonna try better to be less self-absorbed and also try better with Roxy, da-da-da-da-da. And that's great, and we're like, oh, look, she's actually, like, learning something, which I've said before, that she never learns her lesson. But then Kevin lets her know about Roxy and um, Chandler's, like idea about getting married at some point and she immediately stands up and goes that's great and all but if they get married before we do then you're a dead man and i'm going to plead guilty
1: <laughs> murder
0: <laughs> um
1: anyway uh <sighs> so that's that and ugh my least favorite we always say it. we don't like that the the adult storylines although all of the kids are adults now so yeah yeah um, The Rev and Annie and Ruthie thrown in there for good measure.
0: So as we mentioned in the last episode, we've kind of seen that Annie's a bit fed up with all of her family members, specifically that they, if they come to her for advice, they don't listen or they don't tell her anything. So this is reiterated a few times where anytime Annie asks anyone if they're okay, like, how, how was your day? How are you doing? All they say is I'm fine and they don't really like talk to her. And Annie's further agitated because she doesn't know what the Rev is saying during his counseling, during his therapy sessions. Um, We get an inside look at one of these therapy sessions where the Rev turns around the session and instead starts to counsel Dr. Gibson about his divorce instead of getting therapy for himself. Uh. We next see this pop up with the Rev telling Annie that, um, Dr. Gibson would like Annie to come to therapy. Annie immediately jumps to the wrong conclusions and thinks it's all about her by saying, like, oh, you should tell me what you said to him because I need to be prepared. I don't, like, I don't want to go in blind. And the Rev very, like, I think accurately says that that's between me and the doctor, and it was the doctor's idea to bring you in, and I don't need to tell you anything. And she's quite frustrated because he's not telling her anything, um, and there's a bit of, like, there's been a divide between them for a bit, and it's getting even bigger. Um, side note, the Rev is apparently writing another book, so I wonder <laughs> what, what, what it'll but, be about this time. Yeah. Uh, we have some Ruthie intervention here, where, um, Re- the, like, Ruthie lets the Rev know, the like, the Rev and Annie know, basically, that, um... Every like everybody has problems, and it's really good that they're helping each other out. And Annie should go with the Rev because the Rev's making decisions right now that aren't good for him, and the Rev should allow Annie to go in or convince him to go, in, convince her to go in because she has issues. Everybody has issues. This kind of comes, but like Ruthie's Ruthie's meddling sometimes doesn't
1: pan out the way she hopes it will.
0: Yeah, and so um, this kind of leads to a fight between Annie and the Rev, where the Rev. Kind of blows up at her and goes, you know, the only reason you're so against this is because I'm not being, like, letting you pull my strings anymore. I'm doing the puppet motion over here. (laughs) Um, And Annie's kind of, like, taken aback by this. And he's like, you, like, I always do what you want me to say. Every time you say jump, I say how high. But now, all of a sudden, I'm not. And I'm doing things for myself. And this is why you're getting so upset. And she's like, I'm not coming to therapy anymore.
1: So Ruthie is convinced that the Rev and Annie are getting a divorce
0: um, because she
1: eavesdrops on that entire conversation and she looks horrified at the end of it and does some really great eyebrow acting. Uh, So then Ben calls for some reason or another.
0: I think it's because they knew that we really liked the relationship between Ben and Ruthie so they wanted to incorporate it again.
1: So I forget exactly why he calls or what he says, but it ends with Ruthie calling him a big ape. And saying that she's like, oh, my, well, my parents are going to get divorced because of whatever. And
0: She basically lets Ben know that they're going to therapy and Annie won't go with them. And so she's afraid and he's not a really good help. And Annie overhears this conversation. And this is when Ruthie gets her big moment because she's like, I, it's not about you, mom. It's about our family. It's about dad. Mm-hmm. And this kind of like gives Annie the kick in... The pants, yeah, and we do see them at therapy together, and this is when I think it's quite like interesting because we actually get uh, some real life conversation that isn't like between or some resolution at least between Annie and the Rev. He apparently resents her because she forced him into therapy. Annie resents her because she he isn't she isn't taking his career change seriously, and he's like uh, and she's like, well, that's because I know you and I know that you don't actually want to not be a minister anymore. And the Rev's like, yeah, but you're not listening to me. It's all very, you know, actual marriage problems. Yay. So, you know, realism or whatever. Uh, this ends with everybody, or not everybody, Ruthie, Annie, and the Rev celebrating with Strawberry Shortcake. We assume that a new page is being turned in the Casa.
1: So, if you would like to keep up with us on social media, you can rate the episode first. Yes. <laughs> and I am giving it a... Um, I didn't like it at all. I'm giving it like a, a, a 2.5.
0: I'm going to give this a 5. What? <laughs>
1: yeah. What a great disparity. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't agree. Yes. Um, so, anyway... Social media, yeah. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at we You can follow us at Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. You can listen to us at SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast or on the Apple iTunes podcast app or on Stitcher. Or you can email us at CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Erin.
0: I'm Tanvi. This is
1: CamdenCast.
0: Family.